so Moose and Maggie had Terry Bradshaw on. He had this to say about Rodgers. So let's uh, let's have a listen to what Mr. Bradshaw says about Rodgers. Be this upset with the Packers. With him being that upset shows me just how weak he is. Who the hell cares who you draft? I mean, I never – he's a three-time MVP in the league, and he's worried about this guy they drafted last year at number one. Now, I don't know what was said behind the scenes. I don't know what – if he said, look, I'll play this year, and then I won't out of here, and they said, fine. Then he's the MVP in the league. I don't know. None of us know. Uh, unless he told some insiders and they're saying it, I don't hear it. And for him to be upset, my God, I don't understand that. Pittsburgh drafted Mark Malone, number one, Cliff Stout in the third or fourth round. I had I had him coming at me from all angles. Uh, I embraced it because when we went to practice, I wasn't worried about those guys. You know, it didn't scare me a bit. So I don't understand why he's so upset. Uh, at Green Bay, and then, then if they fire the general manager, he'll come back. Are you kidding me? Really? Aaron, that's that's where this is. Here's what I'd do. I wouldn't budge. <laughs> let him gripe. Let him cry. Retire. You're 38. Go ahead and retire. See you later. I mean, I'm really strong about stuff like that, and it just makes him look weak. In my way of looking, it makes him look weak. So there you go, Terry Bradshaw basically saying, not basically, is saying Rodgers is weak, who cares who the Packers draft, and there's no way they're going to fire Brian Gutekunst and have Rodgers come back, and if the th- and he would say, Rodgers, just go retire then. I feel like this would be so much easier to figure out if it wasn't, if we had been able to see what Jordan Love looked like in practice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because... The last time you saw Jordan Love play, it was pretty inconsistent his senior year of college. Like his, we've talked about it before, his junior year was phenomenal. Yeah, then you got Gary Anderson as his head coach. And he was very inconsistent. Now he also came out and, well, you can look and see his junior year, he had some NFL uh, level talent that he was throwing the ball to and playing with. Yep. But then his senior year, both those guys had moved on. And he even came out, I believe, and said he tried to play a little too much hero ball at times. Yes, he did say that. And, but the thing is, all those practices have been closed because of COVID. So we really haven't we haven't got to see Jordan Love play, except for those clips that you'd rather not look at the couple times he <laughs> threw the football. Yeah. And I mean, those were two throws out of like a whole season worth of practice. But I do think it says something that they did have more faith in Tim Boyle dressing than they did Jordan Love. For sure, for sure. So if I'm going to go on that assumption that uh, Tim Boyle was suiting up for a reason, yeah, I'm going to say I don't know if it was necessarily the Jordan Love thing that did it for him, as he's probably not threatened by Jordan Love. I wouldn't imagine from what I can tell. Mm-hmm. But maybe it was the draft picks or the cutting of players that he I mean, liked. I'm sure it's all of it in, included, yeah, right? It's, it's got to be a number of things. So a bunch of things that pile up to pick one big problem. But I just, I can't see, it. but on the other hand, I can't see Jake Kumro being the real reason what, what officially was the Well, riff. do you think it was because the, uh, and 608 321 I see on hold, I'll get to you in a second. Do you think it's because of this, like the Packers have publicly embarrassed Rodgers a few times? Rodgers is out there saying how much he enjoyed and loved playing with Jake Kumro, how good he is. The next day they cut Jake Kumro. 
Rodgers then is waiting there, sitting around, looking, waiting for a you know a wide receiver. And what do they do? They draft his replacement. And it's a surprise to everyone. In fact, they didn't even call Aaron Rodgers. There's two instances where you can make the case that the Green Bay Packers embarrassed Aaron Rodgers publicly. In his eyes. I don't think it was embarrassing, but in Rodgers' eyes. Do you think that's now is, is this as Rodgers kind of getting back at the Packers? Releasing, leaking the information his camp the day of the draft to embarrass the Packers publicly? Well, I definitely don't think the relationship's as good as what the Packers front office and what Aaron Rodgers have said publicly. Yeah, it's it's intriguing. All right, let's uh, I got the phone lines blown up. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Welcome. To, yeah, who's? I'm sorry. Who's this? Paul. Hey, Paul. Very what's nice. up? What's up, brother? Hey, hey, hey. Not not a lot. Not a lot. So there's so many things to hit on here. I got to give Rowdy uh, credit. I, I I wept when he did his Michael McDonald imitation. Rowdy? It was, yeah. Oh, that was, RJ. That, was RJ. that was RJ. That was RJ. Oh, oh, okay. I thought it was Rowdy. Well, it was beautiful. I mean, <laughs> you know, it was beautiful. Hey, Michael McDonald rules, Paul. Yeah, yeah. But like, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I think I think the big thing with Aaron Rodgers, obviously, it's all ego. Um, I personally, I just think, you know. How much of it comes down to, I think you just hit on it, whoever said, I don't know if it was you, Ebo, or Rowdy, or whoever, but someone said letting go people you like. Remember when they got rid of uh, Jordy Nelson? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think it could go back that far. You know, I think I think maybe that has something to do with it, too. Well, Paul, you know? I think you're like, right, man. I think Rodgers um, holds a lot of resentment for a lot of things, you know, you know, down the road. It's like, you know, when someone wrongs you at work or wrongs you in a, you know, a friendship or something, it's like, okay, I'll forgive you this time. But then they keep, then they piss you off again. You're like, okay, well, I guess maybe I'll forgive you this time. And then they piss you off again, and you're like, all right, how many times am I going to let these people punk me? I feel like that's maybe what it is with Rodgers. A bunch yeah, of little I, things I, I, along the way. I, I think you're right. I also think Bradshaw's right. I think what he said is kind of what I said the other like last week. Why are you that week that you're looking over your shoulder at whoever it is? You're a two, three-time MVP, a Super Bowl champion. You know what I mean? Like, well, I think that it was just the fact that they didn't address him and say, hey, this is what we're thinking of doing here, whatever. Because, yeah. I mean – I think the Bears are rubbing a little salt in the wound. Uh, oh, I read an article yeah. about they they told Andy Dalton, "Hey, we're going to take a quarterback." Andy Dalton hasn't even taken a snap yet. Yeah, that's all. I see that article. It's front page news right now. Uh, the Bears call Andy Dalton to tell him they're taking Justin Fields. That's totally rubbing <laughs> salt in the wound. Right? And they right. called and the Buccaneers called Tom Brady because they're going to dra- draft Kyle Trask. Like, what does Tom Brady care? Right, right. He, he, like like Bradshaw said. If you're looking over your shoulder, you're looking in the wrong direction. Yeah, you got to be looking forward. Absolutely. Yeah, Paul, you the man. Appreciate it, brother. You, oh, you off work? You drinking a beer? You got a brewski? Uh, I'm I'm not drinking a beer. I am off work. I'm on nights. I love when I'm on nights because I get to get out of work and listen to you. Hey, guys. we love that, man. We love you calling in, Paul, all the way up there in Marinette. It's Cinco de Mayo, so instead of beer, just drink some tequila, okay? All right, that's not a problem. <laughs> I see it, buddy. <laughs> No, but I, that's kind of the more I, the more we peel back layers to this onion, and mm-hmm. the more reports come out, or someone says this, another person says that. I feel like it is, it was things over the years, dating back to Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy. Yep. And then it became some issues with Matt Lafleur and Brian Gutekunst. But the one guy that was there, the constant, 
with Aaron Rodgers was Mark Murphy that mm-hmm. was overseeing it all. Yeah. So I think it was little little things like that. But to me, it's I'm also agreeing with Terry Bradshaw because it's the fact that how can you let these little tiny things bug you so, so much right? when you are the best player? Like he mentioned Jordy Nelson. I think we all knew that Jordy Nelson was pretty compromised to the same receiver he, he was. He lost his step. He wasn't, he wasn't fast. I mean, he wasn't fast that fast to begin with, but he wasn't fast anymore. Now, if you could have brought him back for like a league minimum just to be like a leader on the team and to be like a fourth receiver, yeah, okay, maybe I'd get it. But you can't fault a GM for wanting to go get more players that he thought were going to actually Correct. bring more to the table than what Jordy Nelson could physically. <clears throat> Correct. And then same thing with... If he wanted to keep the receiving core, the, you know, the other year when they let go of Jake Kumro because he thought they had more talent and ability. Yeah. How can you fault a GM for wanting more talent on an NFL team? Yeah. I mean, we've already seen this team be rid of talent for a number of years with Ted Thompson in his later years. Yeah. And you know, Aaron Rodgers reads all the press clippings and all the headlines and all the interviews and everything. And what do we hear about every single year? I remember uh, at the end of Mike McCarthy, it's like, well, not the 2018 season because that was atrocious, but the 2017 season, this roster is worse than the Cleveland Browns. Only Aaron Rodgers is keeping them afloat. But you know what I do think is You hear biggest, that every year. You know what I think the biggest thing was, and I, and I think it was probably on both camps here, is that they didn't communicate. Yeah, there's no, yes, the, agreed. The biggest breakdown in every single relationship, of relationship whether it be work or personal, it's lack is of communication. communication. Yeah, spot on, Rowdy. Look at you, Rowdy. Spot freaking on, dude. Terry Bradshaw causing some waves, man. I'm getting a lot of vitriol. Let's see your guy, JD and MSN. He hit me up. This shows me how weak he is. <laughs> and he said, Bradshaw, the same guy who uh, publicly lambasted Noel and without names criticized Malone and Stout while being injured at the end of his career. In fact, they didn't know he'd be able to throw a ball again. Hypocrisy at his finest from Terry Bradshaw. That was a long time ago, JD. Yeah, but, but I also <laughs> that that could be true. Like he could be a hypocrite calling it out now later. No, totally. But that doesn't mean that it's not true. Ex- yeah, exactly. And people can change obviously over time, but I, I you know, I I think Aaron Rodgers looks very weak in this situation. Oh, I know, baby. Uh, <laughs> Dogecoin is uh, was at sixty nine. What's that right now? Sixty six. It was at sixty nine at two a.m. this morning. RJ. Nice. Uh, Terry Bradshaw also making some rounds. He's on the. Uh, the herd with Colin Coward and Bradshaw had this to say about Rogers as well. Let's see if I can get in here. Oh, and of course I just clicked the wrong button. All right. Well, so, baby, how about this? Since he, you, he do you have to baby Aaron a little. Here you go. Sorry, Roddy. Uh, no, no, I don't think so. I am. Uh, I disagree with that. Um, I do think that uh, our superstar quarterbacks, our 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 superstars, period. Are, Feel a little bit empowered by their uh, the, by their fame and certainly by their fortune. And uh, I do believe that while Aaron Rodgers is phenomenal, look, he's an incredible player. But I could sit here and tell you right now, he has probably uh, the worst footwork I've ever seen for a starting quarterback. <laughs> I mean, he, but doesn't matter. Uh, I was talking to uh, uh, John Zarnecki this morning. And I said, he's an amazingly accurate, he protects the football, he puts up monster numbers, but his footwork is all over the place. And I don't know if that's because he got hit a lot, he's out of position, and doesn't trust his lineman very seldom steps into a throw. Pretty impressive, actually. But I do believe they are are, uh, a little bit pampered. A lot of coaches, uh, 
would say, you know what? He deserves to be pampered. He's this, he's that. And I say, look, you signed a contract. You've got a couple of years left on that. If you want to be like Tom Brady, play out your contract and then move on. But in this case, you can't force Aaron Rodgers coddled maybe too much. He has no right to want to get the GM fired. What right does he have? No more right than I have to call Eric Shanks and say, tear my contract up. I had a really good year. And I'm, and you go, well, you've got four years left on it. Yeah, but I had a really good team. <laughs> <laughs> so there he goes, Brad. Do so you have to say something, Robbie? Well, yeah, what I was going to say, I didn't hear that clip from the Coward one. I had only heard the interview before. Mm-hmm. But I think he I think he nailed it. But also with JD's tweet, I think he's also included on that. He yeah. was a star quarterback back in the day. Oh, yeah, big time. Maybe maybe his ego was a little big back when he was in his 30s, right? Yeah, I would kinda, imagine his ego kinda, was huge. Kind of like all the other guys, yes. like he just mentioned. So he can say it now because he's a guy in his 70s. And he can look back on how he was. If you're winning the Super Bowls and you're the starting quarterback, and even if you got the weird uh, hair that's like the monk ring of being bald, you're still <laughs> going to have the big ego. But it's exactly right, and I think he is right where some of these superstar quarterbacks do have this type of little bit of ego because they are that good. But when he brings up the footwork, who cares? He he played exactly. behind who cares? He played behind Brett Favre, who wasn't known for his footwork, but you know what they were known for? <laughs> Having cannons attached to their right arm. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it makes up for a lot of things. It it's, does. It's not like you have like a, a Matt Flynn out there that's just a basic system quarterback. You, you bite your tongue on Matty Ice. That has to <laughs> that has to be able to make throws within a system because he's not physically gifted enough like the Aaron <laughs> Rodgers or the Brett Favre's to make throws outside of the system. But uh to go back to the to go back to the superstars with egos, I think when you look at a lot of them, most of them have it. The one that doesn't was Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Because when you talk about Tom Brady, look at how look at what Bill Belichick did to give Tom Brady the best opportunity at winning late in his career. Yeah, they kept it more West Coast offense where he didn't have to throw the ball downfield as much because his his arm wasn't as good as it used to be. But what else did he do? He brought in a good defense around him for the most part. Now, last year, you would have thought that New England with Cam Newton would have had a better defense, but like six of them <laughs> opted out. Nothing yeah. you can do with yeah, that. Yeah, they can't do anything. Did but they you, have like a total of nine guys opted they had out? Yeah, they had the most in the NFL. But you look at what happened to Brady. They were starting to build around him with a lot of weapons. They mm-hmm. had the stable of running backs for forever. Yep. But then the other part was they had two absolute stud tight ends. Yep. You had yeah. Gronk in his prime, and you had uh, Hernandez before all of the uh, off the field stuff. Well, and even before them, you had like Benjamin Watson yeah. and a whole bunch of. They always were had these two tight end sets that they could always run there. They were they probably ran out of twenty two a lot. And like <laughs> we're not even talking about Hernandez off the field because Just he had a lot on of field. issues. Just but on, on the field, right. the guy was really freaking good. Absolutely, yeah, he was. And then you'd pepper in like a Randy Moss here, or there, or Julian Edelman. You'd go get him a weapon or two. But at the end of his career, when it seemed like. Brady, Belichick, and Kraft were all butting heads, and it was more Kraft and Brady versus Belichick. Mm-hmm. Look at the receivers that Tom Brady played with. It's not like they were any better than no. what what Aaron Rodgers had. If anything, you could say they're much worse. Look at the receivers that what? you New can England. name Edelman, obviously. Then who's like Chris Hogan at the end? Yeah, it was a um, bunch of it was a bunch of guys off. Who's the even at the end? Yeah. So, but but Tom Brady didn't complain. He can st- he continued to be there. Obviously, he wanted his way, but he continued to play and play as hard as he could. And you'd still see them getting to Super Bowls. You still saw them getting to AFC Championship games or making the playoffs before you know losing just because 
it was Tom Brady, one maybe one weapon yeah. and a bunch of guys off the scrap heap. But then what did he do? He did play out his contract. He did stay in shape, and he's going to be forty four yeah. next year. And he tastes he, the sweetheart deals, a little less deals to bring more guys he, in. Yeah, he retooled his deals. He retooled his body, and then he said, "Well, you know what? I don't. I can't see myself playing here anymore. I want out. I'm going to handpick my team." Yeah. And that's what he did. All right, so we'll and keep talking. He won his Super, he won Bowl. Super Bowls. Yeah. All right, we'll keep talking about. It. Let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Hey, hey, it's Paul again. Hey, hey Paul, Paul, gotta, Paul, Lee. I just got to. I, I just got to ask you one thing. Yeah. This is something that just came to my mind while you guys are talking. Yeah. About the Favre footwork and the Aaron Rodgers footwork, which who gives it whatever. Yeah. But what is your guys' opinion? I'm anxious to hear this. Brett Favre was all balls. He had a He's big set. He's putting it wherever he can put it, right? He had a big what, what set. Of, he got a big pair do, on him, Paul. What do you <laughs> What do you think about Aaron Rodgers not forcing the ball, or I don't even want to say forcing the ball, Care being, being not, careful, not, not being willing to take a chance because he wants to have that statistic as the best TD to interception ratio all time. Like what? Because did it did it like hinder? I, did it hinder him? Did it? See, I I think to answer your question, I, I, feel, I think that you know I loved Brett Favre, the the you know giving it everything you got, and even if you have a one percent chance of fitting it in there, but it's going to help you win to do it. But then I do I will say on the flip side, I like that Aaron Rodgers is is careful with the ball. He's smarter with the ball, but at times, especially when they're down later in games. You'd like to see Aaron Rodgers yeah, take, take more, shots more shots like Favre. Not necessarily all the time like Favre did, but at times you got to pick hey, and Paul, choose your spot. Paul, let me ask you, brother. Did you watch that NFC Championship game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau? I did. I won 500 bucks on the uh, the, the touchdown at the halftime there. Oh, God. Well, let me ask you, man. Let's say, let's say Brett Favre is in there and uh, Matt LaFleur is calling for the field goal in uh, that fourth down in the, what was that, the fourth quarter early on. Do you think that Brett Favre is saying, screw you, dude, I'm going out there and I'm going to go throw the ball? Or is he going Aaron Rodgers does and agreeing with his coach and trotting to the sideline? Uh, I don't even think Aaron Rodgers wanted to agree with his coach. Yeah, he didn't. I, I'll, I'll go out and say I think uh, it, it, I think Favre goes out there and says, screw you. My, oh, my headset's not working. I'm going to go out there. I think if Holmgren was the coach, I feel like Favre would have fought him, but Holmgren, Holmgren would have got his way. But when you had Mar- uh, Sherman, yeah, Favre would have said, said him. screw you, we're going for it. <laughs> Real quick, uh, Jeff had said, though, 1% of me says trade him. He's got the smarts and angst to completely fa- fracture the locker room in 2021 if they don't trade him. I think right now how it's set up with Aaron Rodgers is, I don't know how you can come back and actually look at your employers in your face and put on a smile and go out about your business just fine and not have it affect the locker room and the on-field product. But my biggest thing, if I'm the front office, is do I think I can get equal value for Aaron Rodgers? Because I don't really think they can. No. And well, that's the thing. That's the thing where that would inclu- that'd have to be a haul. You'd have you'd have to totally. We talked about when what was that on Friday when when we were filling in for the Bill Michaels show and all this started coming out mm-hmm. where it was actually he wanted to be traded. There really was a potential trade with the 49ers. Mm-hmm. You would have, in my opinion, the base starting off jumping off point would have to be at a minimum you have to get three first round picks. Yes, yeah, has to and be then minimum, some. and then some. Now, okay, but the it, thing is, do you think is? I mean, yeah, obviously his trade value right now is low, but it's Aaron Rodgers, the reigning MVP. How low can it really well, be? Well, that's the thing. It's like, can you get your equal value? I know we've brought this up so many times, 
But if you're going to trade Aaron Rodgers with the team you currently have, wouldn't you want a pretty good quarterback coming back? Oh, my God, yeah. Because, But then what does it say about Jordan Love? If you trade him, Rodgers. If he's still not ready. Like, Aaron Rodgers didn't start for the first couple of years of his career. Brian Gutekunst is well, painted Jordan, in a little Jordan corner. Jordan Love here. is the wild card because we don't yeah. know what he is. But if you do some deductive reasoning on how he can't suit up last year or why would they want to make – sure Aaron Rodgers is still the quarterback for at least this year and maybe next year from looking at their salary cap wise mm-hmm. it kind of tells you that they don't think Jordan Love is ready and he might not be ready for another year or two Yeah, because even if they did have people calling him and they're still saying well we're not trading Aaron Rodgers that could have been we're not trading him now <sighs> did you what see a- uh, Jimmy G's story came out yesterday that how he's going to help John Lynch called him <laughs> yeah John Lynch called him he's like yeah I have no problem helping out Justin Fields or um um, Trey Lance. Trey Lance, excuse me. I have no problem helping out Trey Lance and you know just being a good teammate. Yeah. But you need to get you need to get that good quarterback back because at mm-hmm. this point you have a team that has played now in two straight NFC Championship games. Yep. And then one of them was basically a play away. Mm-hmm. Now you need to get that quarterback back because if you bring in a good one, you could be right back in that situation. If you have Jordan Love play, or if you bring in like a trade with the the. Or not the Broncos, the uh, 49ers, and you get like a Jimmy G back, you're obviously going to have a big fall off. Yeah. Now, the guys that I think are on the same level as Aaron Rodgers, or at least have been the last few years, a lot of them you're not going to trade for, or you can't trade <laughs> Or you for. can't, or you the Pat, PA. Pat Mahomes just signed a long-term deal, and they're never going to move Not happening. Yeah, you don't know that. Russell Wilson's probably Russell, not leaving Russell Seattle. Russell Wilson, yeah. at this point, it seemed like he just wanted a little bit more um, in insight and input into maybe some personnel moves. So it it seems like that that uh, little drama has kind of been kibosh. So now with like the Raiders being intriguing to uh, Rogers is that's now come out. What would you think of Carr? I like, don't mind Derek actually, Carr, but he's not yeah. on the value of Aaron Rodgers. But I don't mind no, him. That's what I'm saying. Because you'd you have know, to get an absolute haul. Yeah. I mean, you could probably get See, some other that's stuff. That's one where I don't, I don't mind Carr either. I, I like Derek Carr. I think he's good enough to win a Super Bowl with a team around him, mm-hmm. but you have to get picks, and you'd have to get some other stars. And you'd have oh, to, yeah, you'd I'm have not to, saying, like, straight up. There'd be other You'd stuff have to coming. unretire the number four, too, for Derek Carr. Like a, a no, swap? <laughs> a swap for, like, understand. <laughs> Russell Wilson would make sense? Or even if you do, like, a... See, and the only other quarterback that I was thinking would be on the same level was Watson, but all the other stuff surrounding him right now is worse yeah, than the than the Rodgers drama. Hey, yeah. I, I, do you think Devontae Adams is friends with Derek Carr? Then they go to the same school together? They did go to Fresno, Fresno State. State. Devontae Adams put up insane numbers. But if, but if you can't... Yes, he did. If you don't believe that you can get the uh, correct value for Aaron Rodgers, why would you trade him oh, when yeah, you have all absolutely. the leverage saying, dude... You're gonna to have to basically hold out until you're forty. Okay, don't trade him, or you sit, or you make Aaron Rodgers. He either retires or he just sits, and you don't get anything for and him. And if he officially retired and signed the actual papers, then he would come off of your cap. You'd be able to go out and spend money. Yeah, but you wouldn't get it. You wouldn't get anything for Aaron Rodgers. It's a, definitely a roll of the dice. You're calling his yeah. bluff. My God, how good is uh, Brian Gutekunst at poker? Well, we know when it comes to poker. Well, we know one thing about his. Uh, we know one thing when it comes to quarterback evaluations. Didn't he was in love with Deshaun Kaiser? Yes, that was a mistake. Yep. Oofta. Now he's taking another quarterback and has pissed off his Hall of Famer. 
This is three-time MVP, Aaron Rodgers, with Jordan Love. You I'm better hope if, it's if not I Deshaun Kaiser-like. If I couldn't get a great quarterback, I'm going to have to get at least three picks and some starters coming back that are going to be legit starters that fill holes for the Green Bay Packers because you got to put the best possible team around. Well, then there's Denver. Then Denver's in there in the mix too. By all the reports, what would you get from Denver? A bunch of draft picks and like some it would defensive have to be guys draft picks and, because what yeah. quarterback do you want Teddy Bridgewater to be your quarterback? They don't want any do you really no, believe in Drew Locke? Is no. Drew Locke any better than uh, Love at this point? No. Uh, no, no. I would rather, rather roll, roll the, the dice, dice with Love because he's unknown yeah. of what I Hell see no. from from Locke. I believe you get your ass kicked for saying something like that. <laughs> saying Drew Locke, get out of here. All right, uh, if you're Aaron Rodgers, who? Wh- why would you care that some guy out of Utah State's coming in at a down year because of Gary Anderson probably who's coming in? Do you really think that this cat is going to dethrone you? The soon-to-be at the time, only two-time, but soon to be three-time MVP, a Super Bowl winner, a Super Bowl MVP. Do you really think that a guy who couldn't even beat out Tim Boyle, your backup quarterback, is going to be causing you pain moving forward? All you got to do is go out there and let your play do the talking, and the rest, I think, would work itself out. So that's why Terry Bradshaw had called Aaron Rodgers weak, and I think we both agree on that, right, right Rowdy? It's very weak. Yeah, it's it's not a good look. Do you think do you both, think Tom Brady I'll cares? Say this, both sides don't look great in this. I'll say Rodgers probably looks a little worse. Yes. I mean both sides look bad in this. Rodgers does look the worst in this situation. And Rodgers really doesn't have much leverage, much of a hand. He's got a little. I but think he, the Packers hold most of the cards. I think he played his biggest card and he played it on draft day. Totally. I think and he waited for the most opportune time to play it for it to have the most negative effect on the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. But now he's played it. No, the card's out there. And now, if you're Brian Gutekunst, do you call his bluff? Or do you say, I, I fold. Rodgers, your wish is granted. We'll It'd trade be you. like in a card game where you know you have the worst hand mm-hmm. and you wait till the best opportune time to play your hand, giving you the best chance at succeeding, yeah. knowing that you still don't have a good chance at succeeding. Exactly. I think that's where he's at. He's just He's just trying to cause a little turmoil, cause a little chaos. And maybe it'll force his way uh, out of Green Bay. It'll either force his way out of Green Bay or they'll <laughs> cater to him. Yep. Uh, and, that, and that could force his way out of Green Bay. Totally. They could cater to him and trade him. Or Brian Gutekunst could say, you know what, dude? Here's what I'm going to do. I got your ass for three years. You're on my team. And you can either retire or you can report back to camp and play. Or you can just not show up and then all of a sudden you're going to be getting fined. And you're going to have to be paying back your, what, roster bonuses? So yeah, it's over twenty three. It's about twenty three million dollars over the next two years. And listen, Aaron Rodgers isn't hurting for money. But last time I checked, when you get rich and stay rich, you're not in the business of giving away money, right, Rowdy? And and what'd you say? Two? How much money? Twenty three. Twenty three million over the next two years that he'd have to give back I if mean, he if he retired. I mean, the guy could go. If the reports are out there that Jeopardy wants to, you know, have him be the full time host, sure, you could go be, you know, a Jeopardy host and you can make ten million dollars a season. You're still losing money. But- still losing three million dollars over those two years and you didn't gain anything towards your records or your legacy. Yeah. In the sport of football. If anything, you're tainting your legacy. But people are still gonna remember Rodgers for what he was, you know, or what he is, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. So it's not like, you know, the his legacy is already kind of tainted when it comes to a relationship side of things, right? What do people always say? Well, he can't even talk to his mom. Can't even talk to his dad. Uh, what makes you think he's going to be able to re- repair a relationship with the Green Bay Packers? He's not you know, blood there. So people say that all the time. I don't really give a crap if Rodgers talks to his parents or not. I don't care. 
but it does kind of give you a peek into you know a certain individual who he is. To me, it's kind of strange, right? I've talked to my parents. Do you think Rodgers is? I, this is just me hypothetical. Do you think he's starting to see? Well, maybe I can never catch Tom Brady. Even if I won two more Super Bowls and I have three, oh, yeah. I can hop a lot of guys, but there are still going to be quarterbacks out there that have more rings than me. No one's ever going to catch Tom Brady. I'm going to have my statistics still, but I still feel like I'm not going to be considered the greatest. Do you think, I feel like retiring there, you'd pretty much be admitting that. Do you, all right, do you think anyone will ever catch Tom Brady? I mean, it's going to be extremely tough. Yeah, I just, one, Tom Brady's the goal. One, to play that long, and two, to have that much success success and to win that many titles. Yeah. You have to fall into the perfect place with the perfect guy. Yeah. And Rogers is, he's not going to ever catch Tom. Brady. He's too late in his career to do it's what over. Brady did. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the phones quick. Oh yeah. You, you literally, now, you, you were right there. You were now right granted there. when Rogers came out and started and first started as the starting quarterback for the green Bay Packers. You thought the dynasty was happening. And you saw 2008 was pretty rocky. 2009, you really saw him start to come on and come into his own. And then 2010, they win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think we all thought, obviously, Tom Brady still had another decade of winning. <laughs> but he had quite a few wins prior to 2010. Yeah. I thought, I think I thought, and I think a lot of Packer fans thought, and probably you thought, well, maybe this is a guy that's going to catch Tom Brady or catch the T- Terry totally. Bradshaws or catch the Joe Montanas yeah, and be one of those guys, if not have the most rings. I thought it for did, sure. It didn't, it didn't come to a fruition. And two, I think some of the front office is included in that. And that's probably where he's got the, the little angst, right? Oh, he's had to have the angst. Well, we'll talk about it. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Hey, Bobby. Doing, doing good, Bob. How are you? Good. You know this whole Rogers thing is just stirring my stomach beyond belief. It's just making me nauseous. Yeah, pa, uh, Bob, you said what was it yesterday? You called in and said there's no way Rogers goes anywhere and he plays for the Packers this coming season. Right. I'm like I'm 100 percent in that camp. Like I told you, man, I would just eat his contract and make him sit. But you're not going to believe this. After listening for hours and hours and hours, you know what? The guy is to the point where. All these guys renegotiated their contracts and stuff so that they could keep this thing together. And then you got Rodgers, the leader of the team, like basically giving everybody the finger. And when he comes back into that locker room, I mean, is he not going to be – is everybody going to be like, hey, no big deal – we watched like Devontae. Well, how could you even I look mean, at him, Bob? How could be? How could you look at him and be like, man? Like, I would lose respect for the guy. I'd be like, I look at him, and be like, who do you think you are to put yourself above us? Right. And I mean, Devontae's sitting there. That poor dude's like, well, if I redo my contract and Rogers blows it out the door, I got freaking love thrown to me. <laughs> I got to get the, the H out of here too before. You know, well, if I'm Devontae Adams, if they come to me with a contract extension, if I'm Devontae Adams, I'd say, well, I'm going to wait and see what happens. I, I'm not, I wouldn't sign anything. Right, that's my point. And now, like, the other guys are already, they're already screwed because they're already re- renegotiated. So now, I mean, you are, this is totally to the point where I was on the fence of never trading him, but it might be to the point and I will be surprised because other people throughout the league have got to be watching his behavior and be like, yeah, it would be great to have him on our team, but wow, if we if he gets, you know, if we say the wrong thing to him, 
you know, are we in week six and he gets all pouty? And well, he's turning it into a pariah almost. He's almost turning into a pariah. But the thing is, Bobby, he's so good. And that if you give him a you know, change of scenery, like, okay, I can stomach this attitude for a year or two, three, four years for a chance at a Super Bowl, right? But what team is he going to go to? that has a better roster. That's the other thing I don't understand. But Rodgers could make the case. How many times have we heard this? Like 2017, I remember everyone saying the Packers roster was worse than the the Cleveland Browns, or maybe that was 2016 when the Browns went winless. They're like, this team is just as bad as the Browns. The only reason they're in this position is because of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers makes this team so good. That's And then they get okay. to the playoffs, and they get to the NFC Championship game, and Rodgers chokes. Okay, well, let's, let's be honest. That was five years ago. Now, but how many, Bobby, how many times team, have you heard people say that, Rogers. How many years have you oh, heard people say that? People say that, but it's, it's not as true as it used to be, number one. And number two, he can sit there and look at Brady all he wants. But I'm just not sure that, Rod, number one, Rodgers isn't willing to take a pay cut like Brady did. And number two, I don't think Rodgers can get on the phone like Brady did and say, hey, you know what, come play. I'm taking less money. You know my work ethic. I'm going to make, I'm going to hold everybody accountable. I'm going to do everything in my powers. You know, I don't think he's got quite that. Well, yeah, I mean, to your your point, Bobby, Brady doesn't even have to say anything. He can just send a picture text messages of all his rings and be like, it's like, hey, you want to come over here? And they're like, yeah. Bob, to your point, I think there's a a thing to be said is when you look at the two quarterbacks, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, I feel like the locker room in New England always saw Tom Brady as that fiery leader. We've questioned whether Aaron Rodgers was the true leader or not of the Packers for a while. Yeah, I think the locker room looks at Rodgers like, look at this whiny biatch. Right, that's my point. And he's not going to be able to – if he goes to another team, you know, he keeps comparing himself to Brady, in my opinion. Brady didn't have a great team around him. Brady got on the phone and brought in all his talent because he had the ability to do that. It's going to be like, who's better, the quarterback or the coach? I got a feeling if Rodgers goes to another team, it's going to be the polar opposite. The, the Packers are going to do average to above average, and Rodgers is going to get it with an average team, and he's going to be running all over the place, throwing to mediocre receivers, and we'll see if he's able to perform to that level. And I, you know I'm a huge supporter, but this just has gotten so – out of hand. It's, un, it's, it's to the point where I think it's you can't repair it. It's no, there's no way. The only way I think they could repair it, and that would be right now, is Rogers, Gutekunst, Lafleur, get out on a podium, get ahead of this thing, and say, "Listen, <laughs> this is like I said, a lot of smoke with no fire. Everything's fine. Well, yeah, he's our quarterback, and he stands up and says, "Hey, listen, I'm your quarterback till they kick me out of here.'" And they say he's our quarterback till he wants to leave hey, Bob, and then be done with this match. If that happens, I will grow to seven feet tall and get a contract in the NBA. Rowdy will become the next running back in the NFL for probably the Packers or uh, or in baseball. He'll become the next like DH in the AL or something like that. And then uh, this will never happen, Bob. Rodgers could easily get on social media, say something. But here's the thing: he's not going to do it. I am open to those contracts, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm also open into an NBA contract, just a 15 day. It's not going to well, happen. Rogers can do it right now. Gentlemen, I'm glad to hear that you gentlemen have dreams. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> hey, Bob, you could be my, you could be our agent. How's that sound? Oh, dude, I'd love a cut for doing nothing. Yeah, I'm all in. You're in, Bobby. You did tell me to quit my job the other day, so yeah, be a full time listener because you were saying you couldn't listen as much. That is true. That is true. So 
but I am now. I'm to the point where maybe I'm in the other camp. I'm like, maybe we need to cut this dude loose. It took you 24 to hours, Bob. It took you 24 hours to do the 180. I know. It's just like I've been thinking about it, which is a shame. Like that's a waste of brain cells, right? For sure, but. Well, you're not alone, Bob, because I would say on Monday when we came and we we ran a poll, do you fire Brian Gutekunst or do you keep Aaron Ro- or do you? Um, it was trade, fire, tr- fire, Brian yeah, fire Brian Gutekunst or trade Aaron Rodgers. It was literally split like 50-50. And I would say just yesterday I would have went with it's probably 65-35 as in trade Rodgers. Now I can't deal with this. And now it, I feel like today it's probably uh, three quarters. Yeah, people are turning on Rodgers, Rodgers big time. People, people have turned. Yeah, that's that's a shame. That's yeah. shame. That's a, it's it's a, a really bad look for everybody. When we're going to get rid of the MVP of the league, take a salary cap hit to get rid of them. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, that just heads sounds heads ridiculous. heads need to heads should roll. Starting with oh, Mark yeah. Murphy. <laughs> it all goes back to Mark Murphy in hey, your mind. Who's right? that? Who's that top, Bobby? Uh, that's. Well, who's being kind of a chick? Let's be honest. Who's being kind of a chick? Um, Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. <laughs> Bob. I mean, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Not, all right, see you, buddy. Later, Bob. Hey, hey Bob, try, try to yes. take some time out of the day. Don't think about this so you can build your brain cells back. Do a little meditation, you know, maybe uh, over a cold beer, and uh, put on some Brett Favre highlights or something, okay? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go put my Brett Favre jersey on and take a nap. All right. See you, <laughs> see you buddy. <laughs> don't, don't wear any Crocs or send any pictures with that jersey on. See you, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bob yesterday was on the, you guys are idiots. Rogers is coming back. Well, you didn't call us idiots. I'm sure he was thinking it though. Uh, Rogers is coming back. Th- this is nothing. And 24 hours later today, just heard him. He's gone. Well, Okay. The fracture I, in the in the locker room and the front well, office. We originally, too much. when this originally came out, I still thought that he'd be the starting quarterback because they would mend it. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if they will mend it, but I'm still going to say he will be the starting quarterback next year because I think if you're the Packers, unless you get a deal you can't refuse, you play hardball. And they'll make him announce that he can't refuse. Rowdy, you play hardball. Yeah, I mean you have to. If you can't the, let him show you up. You, no, you can't. You there's no way. This is a big D competition who's got the bigger schlong and it's gonna be a pissing match june 1st june 2nd we might get our answer though you know well it's it's time for brian gutekunst to really throw his hips into it then because he better get, he better get some of that bill michaels new male medical if that's the case if he wants to swing around a big old schlong because you can't you can't be shown up by the starting quarterback no it, he's he is I know he's not paid like it compared to Rodgers, but he is a superior. Especially if they pull the trigger and make a trade and it's not for anything close to what the value should be, then you completely punted. Now, if I was and your boss... And you're not talking J.K. Scott, right? It, yeah, if I was your boss, say say I was the owner of the Green Bay Packers mm-hmm. and I was kind of on the middle like I am right now between this riff, I'm not going to fire Gutekunst because I don't think he's been bad enough to be fired. I'm not going to give Aaron Rodgers what he wants because then it sets a precedent in my in my space. Yep. But if Brian Gutekunst turned around and traded him for something way under market value just to get rid of him just because he was shown up and he kind of puts his tail between his legs and and you know does whatever he can for it. Yeah. I would look at your job because Same. you allowed for this guy to show you up when you were the guy that's technically 
his boss because you control the roster. Yeah. And you control who plays and who doesn't. Yeah. It's, it's, the, Rowdy, is there a, is there a winner in any of this situation? Is this a lose lose situation for all involved? I would say, yeah, it's, it is probably a lose lose right now. But at, at the same point, I don't know if you really get a win in this situation either. <sighs> you know what the story is going to be for the end of time until the asteroid hits us and takes down this this world, the simulation. The Green Bay Packers organization have two Hall of Fame quarterbacks and only get two Super Bowls out of it and two ugly divorces. But here's another thing that's very troubling. Uh, Milwaukee Brewers, yeah, they lost again uh, to the Phillies last night, 6-5. to five. It's now the one of their, I think, their longest losing streak of the season so far. But, Rowdy, it's uh, we'll talk about the loss of the Phillies last night, 6-5. to five. But the other concern, so you got Rodgers, obviously the reigning MVP, three-time MVP for your Green Bay Packers. You have Christian Yelich, another former MVP, really good for the Brewers, or was once really good for the Brewers, 2018 NL MVP. Uh, Christian Yelich came back from uh, the IL. He had a lower back issue on, what was that, Monday night. We saw Yelly back. He went two for four. And then we did not see him last night because he went back on the IL due to a lower back strain one day after getting activated. We're not going to you know dive into the deep end on it just yet. We're dipping the toe right now, Rowdy, in the first segment of uh, this highly acclaimed show. But with Christian Yelich back on the IL, more MRIs scheduled. They haven't found anything. I have comments from Craig Council I'll get to coming up. But... Are you getting nervous? Yeah, about I was, Christian Yelich now. <laughs> I was the one telling you that I was nervous when they kept pushing it back when they originally said that. Uh, oh well, this he's got a sore back. It's precautionary. Mm-hmm. Then day two it was the same thing, and then day three was well, if this was a playoff game, he'd be out there. So would Lorenzo Cain. So would Colton Wong. As all three of them at the time were on the IL. Yeah, that was just the start of the IL problems. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it just kept going on and on and on, and then turns out you're sitting there and he's been on the DL for three weeks and he's finally being activated, but it it was supposedly just supposed to be a day or two. And then it turned into weeks and it kept saying, well, no. he seems to plateau. Well, he doesn't seem a hundred percent. I was getting nervous. You see the, you see what Ryan Braun did once he signed his long-term deal with the Milwaukee Brewers, which at the time also was a little team friendly. Yeah, this is this is getting very concerning. With I don't want to go down this road again. No, this is very concerning for Christian Yelich and the Milwaukee Brewers. As okay, yeah, the Brewers have been winning a lot with a bunch of no name guys, a bunch of people you have no idea who it is. But eventually, in a long 162 game season, eventually, as Nelly likes to proclaim a lot, water does find its level. Uh, it's a game of you know, it'll average itself out. And right now, the Brewers with no Yelly. And Lorenzo Cain not in the lineup yesterday either. But no Yelly. The Brewers now are uh, have tied their longest losing streak of the season. I know it's early. They're still, you know, 17 and 13. But with no Yelly Rowdy, oh, my God. I don't even know what to think about this. And the crazy and scariest thing about it is no one knows what's going on. It's like the Aaron Rodgers bullcrap. No one knows what's going on. But this is more of a sense of the MRI comes back negative. They're scratching their head. They have the best people in medicine, but they're like, I don't know what's happening here. So the fact that they can't get Yelich right and have no answers is uh, alarming. 
So on Monday, Yelly went, like I said, two for four. His first game back since April 11th. April 11th. The back still is not right. And um, I don't know, dude. The um, Man, because Yelly, if you go back to the freak accident when he blew out his kneecap at the end of 2019, I'm like, what the odds of that happening, I think they're like getting struck by lightning. It's uh, very, very, very mm, hard to do. Freak accident. And then you couple in the fact that when he came back for that 60-game regular season, I mean, how would you describe Christian Yelich last season? I know it was a 60-game. Brewers weren't looking the greatest, but how would you describe Yelly? Like gunshot? Disappointing. Disappointing. And now you look at what's going on with Yelly. Well, it was, if you remember, he actually didn't put up that bad of uh, production when it comes to home runs and RBIs for the number of games. But he was missing. He was missing pitches that he didn't miss. Mm Mm-hmm. He just didn't look right up at the plate, and his batting average was extremely low. But yet, at the same time, a lot of the pitches that he were he was missing were in the strike zone. Yes. And and the other thing was he had a good eye when it came to taking balls and strikes, and all of the statistics last year spelled that out, which was the weirdest thing ever. Because how can you have a good eye, still work walks, Still, still go into deep counts, but yet when it really came down to it, and the balls were in the strike zone, you just flat out missed it when you were swinging. Like those were pitches that you put in the seats the two years before. Yeah, it's um, it's it's (laughs) concerning about Christian Yelich because, listen, the Brewers, Rowdy. I'm I'm not wrong in saying this. The Brewers are a better team with a uh, Christian Yelich in the lineup. Obviously, a healthy Christian Yelich in the lineup. What, couldn't you make the case? You mean that? <laughs> you mean instead of playing Pablo Pablo Reyes in the outfield, yeah, or yeah. Billy McKinney, or like Tyrone, or Tyrone Taylor, Taylor, yeah, Derek Fisher if he's ever gets healthy, yeah, or Avisel Garcia. I'm not wrong in saying that the Brewers are better with a healthy Christian Yelich, right? No. <laughs> and here we are wondering what in you the mean, world. You mean the same guy that came in in the. Uh, rankings for the best players in baseball at number nine this year after having a disappointing year last year. You mean that guy? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy that won the uh, MVP in 2018 and probably could have won it again in 2019 if he didn't blow his shatter his kneecap with a foul ball off of his bat. Yeah, that guy. I am a uh, little concerned. I think a lot of us are a little concerned. Uh, the King said maybe they didn't find anything in the MRI because he has no spine. Oh, oh, King. That's tough. Well, you know what? I got comments right here from Craig Council. I'm going to play them just because I'm, I'm curious. Uh, Council, they don't have answers, he says, on Yelly. That's where kind of the tough part of this lies is that we're not getting answers from that, but he doesn't feel good. So the MRI isn't showing any change in past MRIs, but he's, he's not feeling good enough to recover from playing for a day, which means there's something else we haven't yet diagnosed, and we, we've got to get the answer to that before we start playing again. Is he like the? Is he becoming the person that thinks they're sick all the time when they're not sick? Oh, the um. I don't know what it would be called for the hypochondriac. Yeah, the person that uh, thinks they're hurt when they're not hurt. That's the hypochondriac is someone who's always sick. But did you have a? Did you have someone in your class, your grade that was a hypochondriac? I feel like every class has one. I mean, I guess I'm going to my own personal experiences. <laughs> I had one girl that was sick every week, and it was always something. And you're like. I know for a fact you're not sick. You're just a hypochondriac. But, yeah, Yelly could be a hypochondriac. Maybe that's what it is. 
Yeah. So ever since the shattered kneecap now, I guess he's a hypochondriac. <laughs> he always thinks he's hurt. Here's more. Never feels great. Oh, my God. Uh, here's more from Council saying they need to resolve the issue completely before they even think about trying Yelich again. He, he kind of gutted out yesterday's game. That's probably the best way to say it. And then that's not a realistic way to go through the day. You know, he feels okay today, unable to play. Nothing happened last night that necessarily made it worse. But last night told us that he's not going to be able to do this on a daily basis. So we, we need to stop and completely resolve this before we start again. Yeah, and the fact that he did play, now... this first since April 11th. It's just a day later, and you place him back on the 10-day? Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> at this point now, he's done for the rest of the Philly series. He's done for the, the Miami series, which is the second series of the road trip. He's done for the St. Louis series, which mm. is the first one on the homestand. And I guess, I guess you could maybe expect him back. Sometime during the Braves, the second series of the homestand, which would be the 14th, 15th, or 16th of May. Mm -hmm. But I'd imagine they wouldn't do that because then you have a day off on Monday, the 17th. Just a two-game series against Kansas City on the 18th and 19th. Then a day off on the 20th. And then you start a big-time stretch of games with Cincinnati on the road. I don't know. I don't know if we will see him back until May 21st. I don't... I wonder when you're ever going to see him again. Do you ever get? Do you get that vibe, it, Rowdy? I'm getting concerned about this because it's something that no one knows what it is. He has MRI, MRIs, MRIs, and they're like, "This is all negative. I don't know what's wrong with him. What's happening?" Well, know. I will say this: they do have a decent amount of off days in May. They have May 10th, May 17th, May 20th. Mm-hmm. They're all days off, which is a lot more off days than they had so far in the last couple of weeks, right? Mm-hmm. So they're going to have a lot of off days in May. But once you get to June, it, they, you just, you have long stretches of series where you don't have days off. Yeah. And you, you need Christian Yelich back. Yeah, Yelly back is what's best for the Brewers. Uh, Council says they just need to get more answers. We're kind of at, at a point where we need to get more answers, and, and that was why he played last night. He obviously got through the game, obviously performed, but he's at the point where he, he's not going to be able to go out there on a regular basis. So we need to get more answers. We need to get some better answers, and we need to get him healthier. He's just, at this point, uh, not healthy enough to be a regular contributor. Okay, so Yelich didn't play since april 11th he comes back monday night goes two for four i think he had an rbi did he with the single uh he goes two for four and then immediately after the game then oh i guess yesterday goes back on the il the 10-day il because of his back and has more mris and comes up negative <laughs> yeah it's definitely worrying here's more from council saying they played yelly to see where he was didn't go well Basically, Christian got better, and then we plateaued over probably a good period here. And so we all felt that it was time to try what what would happen when he played because we were plateaued and, and we just we weren't making improvements. He tried, and, and, and it didn't work. And one more, uh, Council talks how Yelly himself 
as frustrated as they look for answers. I think Christian would like to know what's going on. And that's the frustrating part for sure for, for everyone involved, particularly for him, because at this point we don't have an answer. And so that that's what the next couple of days is going to be about is, is kind of trying to uncover any um, either answers or avenues to get answers. I don't know what you're going to do. Like, obviously, I'm not a doctor, but I'll play one on the show. But if you're having MRIs and you have the best medicals available and the MRIs come up negative and the the medicals, the doctors and staff are just like, well, we don't know what's going on. And then they go and trot him out and play him because he said he felt good or fine to do it. And then obviously wasn't. Then what's the next step? You got to do some like holistic healing route. You got to go. We got to go some Eastern medicine on him now instead of the Western medicine. What do you think? That might be a, a <laughs> shot in the back. <laughs> Give me some cortisone. Some cortisone right to the spine. Oh, my God. Uh, let's see. Dominic just tweets and he says, get Yelly some THC to take the pain away. There we go, Dominic. Hell, yeah. Uh, give him some, Not even THC, Dominic. We'll just go CBD. That way that uh, Yelly, once he does uh, take a drug test, he's not getting popped and then having to be suspended for THC. We'll just get him CBD, and that'll help him with the uh, – the back issue. I don't know, dude. I don't know what's happening, man. All I know is the Brewers desperately need some Christian Yelich. Well, I think we're finally seeing that the guys that they've been playing with and winning with, mm-hmm. you can't do it for a full season because you did it for 25 games. But now you're starting to come back to reality. And it hurts when well, you do have some of your starter pitching out. You don't. You're not getting dominant performance from Corbin Birds. We can't guarantee that he's going to be as dominant as he has been because I mean he's been insane. Or even getting quality starts from guys like Brett Anderson who are now on the shelf. All right, Roddy, you're gonna said you're gonna go into it. Brewers left nine runners on base last night. I'm pretty sure it was eight runners on uh, base on Monday. It's one of the things we've said and brought up a lot this season is the Brewers can never really get people across the plate. I think the bases were loaded. What was that in the first inning when they came away with just one run? They had the bases loaded multiple times in the last couple of games, and th- and they've hardly been scoring any runs. I think it's one run in the last two games with bases loaded. Yeah, it's insanity. But when you when you really look at it, going back to that Dodger game where they got absolutely destroyed on Sunday, that was a throwaway game. Mm-hmm. That is what it is. Yeah. But since you start looking at what they've done against the Phillies, they have two losses now, both by one run. Both by one run, but four here to, four to three Monday, six to five. Here's the real difference in those games: the Brewers left 17 guys on base, the Phillies left just six on base. And when you look into it even more, with runners in scoring position, the Phillies are hitting 333 between the two games, while the Brewers are hitting 208. Oof. That's that's even low for their season batting average. Oof. And then on top of it. Let's throw in the fact that the Brewers have four errors in the last two games and the Phillies have none. Yep. So when you're leaving guys on base, you're not being able to hit with guys on base and you're committing errors. You're going to have a bad that's time. That's how you lose games. Yep. Whether you're playing with the Yelich's of the world or the third guy off the scrap heap of the world. When you play like that, you're going to w- lose games. And... You just hope that it, it can't continue because, one, it's been some pretty ugly baseball the last two days, and, two, you're starting to see some of these guys have some rehab starts. 
Well, Rowdy, is it? I mean, throw in. I don't even think it counts as an error because it's not an error, is it? What about when Avisiel Garcia was caught at first base when the Brewers were having the rally? See, that's that's not an error in the book, but yeah. it's definitely a mental error in the game. So there's another there's another thing you can look at just mental errors when you're like, I don't. I think only maybe the booger eaters in little league make this mistake. But here's Avisiel Garcia on first base Monday during the rally from the Brewers late in the game, and he gets caught. Trying to get back to first base, you're out, innings over, then eventually game's over. And the biggest thing is that the Phillies bullpen is not good. And they've they've gotten to him both nights, right? Mm-hmm. Now what if you could have well, one, gotten to him a little bit more by not committing those type of errors, or at least putting the ball in play a little bit more instead of some of the strikeouts. And then on top of that, it's you gotta get you gotta get to their starters every once in a while here, right? Yeah. You can't just rely on well, they've got a bad bullpen, so maybe in the last three or four innings, whenever we get that starter out of yeah. there, we can jump on their bullpen. Well, it was something that was uh, an issue for the Brewers to start the season too, wasn't it, Rowdy? That they couldn't jump on the starting pitchers. It was Craig Council being like, "Yeah, I mean, we we get it off the bullpen, but we need to be able to, you know, starting the game with some a lead, some runs, and that's what the Brewers did last night." I mean, they got right away on the board, but then, to your point, Rowdy, left the runners, the bases loaded, runners stranded, and then it all kind of devolved from there. Third inning, the Phillies really opened it up. So I wonder now if the Milwaukee Brewers are saying that uh, Lorenzo Cain can play today. He just, they didn't want to try him back out two days in a row, because I know the Brewers did have a couple guys, or a few guys play last night in minor minor league rehab assignments, Mm -hmm. one being Derek Fisher, who was a guy that was expected to be like the fifth outfielder, but then he went on the IL, which allowed it to become McKinney or Tyrone Taylor. Mm-hmm. And then McKinney won that job, but obviously both have been up quite a bit. Yeah. So he got in and had his minor league rehab start yesterday in triple a Jace Peterson, who filled in at second base. He was another guy that was down there and Josh Lindblom, Josh who by Lindblom. the way did throw two innings and just walked one batter, struck out two, so no hits, good. no hits, no earned runs. So uh, at least that's somewhat promising sign that maybe you'll get a few guys back here, and then hopefully Kane can start playing every day within the next few games. Kaner. And Yelich is back sooner than later. <laughs> uh, fingers crossed. I saw, I saw that. Um, I know he's not in the the bigs, but I saw Garrett Mitchell was crushing it. Rowdy in his debut yesterday, the Brewers' first round pick from was that twenty nineteen? I mean, or no, 20, that was just last year, twenty twenty. Um, but yeah, he's are not going to see him come up. But I heard he was crushing it. But yeah, it's uh, I don't know, it's interesting, man. Well, the Brewers still are sitting pretty though, one of the best teams in baseball. So it's not like they're circling the drain by any sense. And you know, in a long season, that yes, some losses are going to come. It's just frustrating when the Brewers are in one-run games and they come up on the losing side of things. When they're not playing well. Yeah, and they lose, 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 leave. leave all these guys on base. It's so frustrating. Where's Yelly? What's wrong with his back? Where's Kane? What's wrong with him? I, I hope he'll, I'm sure he'll be in the lineup today. But my God, let's get the Brewers a little a health bug instead of an injury bug and go win some more games. <laughs> You want to talk a little Milwaukee Brewers bullpen. So Brewers lost last night uh, by no fault of the bullpen, I would say, 6-5 to to the Philadelphia Phillies. And uh, there was also concern, right, with Christian Yelich as he was back on Monday and then down again, um, down again 
to what the IL yesterday as his back is flaring up. But you specifically said, I want to talk a little bullpen for the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, because when we first started talking about the Brewers this season, what did we expect? The bullpen was going to be a, a top bullpen in the league. Yeah. You were hoping that you were going to get the Corbin Burns from 2020 and that Brandon Woodruff could again be solid and the rest of the guys would fill in and, and, and throw the ball decently well. Mm-hmm. And then you looked at the offense and some of the roster that they had built around uh, the pitching, and it's the Christian Yelichs. We talk about all the outfielders with Avisel Garcia, Lorenzo Cain, uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. We talked about if Shaw could be at least an average player at third base. Could Keston Hira hit the ball at uh, first base? Is he going to be able to learn the position? The middle infield should be solid. And if Narvaez can hit the ball, you're going to have a good one-two punch, good hitter in Narvaez, and a good uh, defensive catcher in Pena. Well, for the most part, the only thing that's really come to fruition now is the fact that this bullpen is starting to get better. Because you look at the, the, the guys in the field, some have hit the ball, some haven't. A lot of them have been on the IL. And then the starting pitching, you did get Corbin Burns of 2020 version. You even got the best version of Corbin Burns. Yeah. And, and the starting pitchers have been phenomenal so far for the Milwaukee Brewers. But the one thing that seemed to be lagging behind, even without a lot of injuries, was the bullpen. Well, the bullpen seems to be coming into its own the last week or so. You've seen the last couple of games against the Phillies where the bullpen didn't give up any runs. Mm-hmm. And I think that... They're starting to get healthier. They're not 100% healthy yet. Obviously, they had to put some guys on the 10-day DL. They've had to, They've had other guys that were on the 60-day, or sorry, IL. It's not the DL anymore, Rowdy. No, no. But I think you can say that the back end of that bullpen is finally starting to round itself out. You still have, at closer, Josh Hader. Been phenomenal. Given up just one run this season. The guy's got an ERA below one. He's got a whip below one. Whip it. And then obviously you've seen that Devin Williams the last few times out, probably the last handful of times out, is starting to look like the Devin Williams of last For year. Sure. Where that's great because he's so hard to hit with that circle change. Oh my God, it's nasty. They're calling it the airbender now on Twitter. He is the airbender. But he's starting to come into his own. Obviously the ERA is not in the sixes anymore. It's starting to come down. He's starting to look better. But how about J.P. Fireisen? Dude, he's money. his ERA is still zero. The Wisconsin guy, the Wisconsin guy from River Falls, has stepped in and completely been a shutdown guy in the seventh inning. He's been straight fire, dude. Now he's had a couple games in those sixteen appearances where he has struggled with some location and with walks. But overall, when you have an ERA of zero and a WHIP under one, the guy's been phenomenal. And I think you have a clear cut seven, eight, nine now. Oh, which yeah. is which is 100% going to benefit this Milwaukee Brewers team going forward, even if you have to deal with some of these these Eric Lauer's coming in and spot starting, the Zach Godley's coming in and spot starting because your starting rotation now has some injuries or guys on the IL. And then you look at some of the other guys that are starting to come into their own. Drew Rasmussen, he's a guy that's had a lot of ability that they were high on, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have a ton of big league experience. He started out the season struggling. He's starting to throw the ball a lot better lately. I just feel like the fact that you don't have to use Brent Suter in a seventh or an eighth inning anymore <laughs> because you have that clear cut seven, eight, nine it's now. A, it's a good thing, right? That bullpen is only getting stronger. And it, it basically it spells it out when you look at the bullpen ERA. Remember when we came in, we expect them to be top ten. Well, that, well, the bullpen the bullpen, right, Rowdy, coming into the season was gonna be the number one strength of the Brewers. And it turned out to be actually the 
the it, least it was the least after effective the first thing couple the weeks of the season when the offense started turning on yeah. a couple weeks in it was it was what was lagging behind yep and now it's now i'd say it's like in the forefront isn't and, it and in that beginning of the season the first half of the first month of april that bullpen era was in the bottom five yeah well, William, and, williams was coming off injury you didn't really see hater too much they they didn't really trust jp fire yeah. yet hater that you could say that they were babying him that you were, you were having to play Brent Suter in seven and eighth inning roles when yep. he's really not suited not for him. that. Uh, was the jury kind of out on Boxberger at the time? And then that's another guy, yeah. Brad Boxberger. I almost forgot about him. He's coming in and, and has done pretty well. Now there's been some times where you held your breath because there's been runners on, but he's gotten out of it. He's shown that he can be a serviceable guy in the sixth, seventh inning as well. And totally. you, you don't feel bad about putting him in there. I feel like when you throw him in with the Fire Eisens, Williams, and haters of the world, you start to feel a little more confident about that bullpen. And I, I was saying how the bullpen was in the bottom five yeah. those first couple weeks. You look at that bullpen ERA now, it's starting to creep up towards the middle. They're currently in 17th place, and I can only imagine that continues to plummet as long as Hater, Williams, and Fire Eisen stay healthy. Yeah, totally. And now here's the thing. The Brewers have been on the unfortunate losing end of two games that were by one run. The Brewers need to get the sticks together. And, well, I mean, they got 10 hits last night, but the errors last night, the mental errors, and then I know it wasn't counted as an error, and we were talking about it earlier in the show when uh, obviously Al Garcia was caught at first base in that Monday game. The the errors last night, three of them, and just for instance, when the rally was on Monday and obviously Al Garcia gets caught on first to end the inning when the rally was happening, those are just boneheaded plays that can't happen. Well, I think what you're trying to say is they're still not firing on all cylinders. No, not you're, at all. You're not back healthy. You don't have your stars back. You're not firing on all cylinders where the, the rotation is, is healthy and pitching well. The bullpen is healthy and pitching well. You've gotten little segments of, of every aspect of the game playing well at times, but you still haven't been able to hit your get back, I guess, into the full swing of things with your full roster. They're not in their stride. And and what did we see with the Brewers playing with a lot of replacement level players? They were still in first place. They've they've are currently in second place. Just a half game back of the Cardinals in first place. But they're they're above well above five hundred and they're continuing to play decent baseball. Now you take away the last three games, especially the two error riddled uh, lack of hitting with runners and scoring position, Ugh. the type of games that just frustrate you as a fan and as a player where you well, want to rip your hair off. And out. you said that on Monday, but Sunday is a game against the Dodgers. They lose 16-4. to four. It's like That game was a throwaway for the Brewers. They're like, we're going to start this guy who... Well, you had to save the bullpen. Yeah, save the bullpen. We're starting a guy who shouldn't even be in the majors, and he just got absolutely torched. His area is like 25 now. Uh, I don't think you'll ever really see him again. But, Rowdy, Monday was the frustrating game, right? You lose, what was it, four to three? You lose it just because of, like, obviously Al Garcia getting cut, you know, lollygagging around on first base. And then last night, another frustrating game because you leave so many runners in scoring position. And the Phillies, you brought up the numbers, the, the hits, the runners in scoring position, and the errors. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it for those first two games, the Milwaukee Brewers have been terrible at hitting with runners in scoring position because they've had a lot of guys on. How many times have we watched where they've stranded guys on – on base where it's like base is loaded. loaded. And then they can't get them across the plate. In in two games, the Brewers have stranded 17 runners left on base, and they're hitting 208 with runners in scoring position, which the Brewers' batting average as a team versus righties, lefties all together isn't great, but even 208 is even that much worse. You're seeing guys struggle to put balls in play where – 
where I know you saw it from Travis Shaw, where he he uh, brought in a uh, sack fly. Yeah, but we've even seen times where Shaw strikes out, and then it was Hero striking out. They have not been capitalizing when they have had guys on base, and then you just throw in the errors and no, the fact yeah. that you're not healthy. And the boneheaded so not, plays. So you're not playing with your full deck of cards. Yeah, and it's just continued to hinder them especially in the last two games. And I don't want to say, cause it's only a small two game sample that the injuries and the lack of star power is catching up to the brewers. Well, but I think it could be it, a, a I think really big worry right now. I think it is catching up. Speaking of the injuries and lack of star power um, concerning news on Christian Yelich as Yelly was called up again from the IL, you know, he makes his, his uh, first appearance since April 11th against the Phillies on Monday. He goes two for four. And all of a sudden, you get the news yesterday as the lineup card's out. There's no low cane on it. And you're like, okay, that's a little confusing because low cane came back and played on Monday too. So no low cane. And then no Christian Yelich. And then the news comes out about 10 minutes later. The Brewers are sending Yelich back on the IL because his back is uh, flared up again. But the MRI still is negative. Are you a little surprised that they decided to bring Christian Yelich up and try him out in a major league game instead of since minor leagues did start Appleton did play yeah yes yesterday Appleton right? obviously was where the alternate training site was it's where their low a baseball team plays why not test it out there instead of having to make roster moves yeah and potentially if he doesn't well, play now all of a sudden you're I mean was it surprising that they didn't have him you know perform you know at the lower level I don't know the MRI came back negative and they said he was fine. The, he just needed to, you know, they plateaued in his recovery. Then they needed a little rest, and they wanted to try it out how he how he was. And then they tried it out, like, oh, God, we're back on the IL now. we got to send him back for more MRIs. But that still has come up negative. They don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, I'm not making a, a comment on whether they should have played him at the big league level or yeah. should have played him at the minor league level. But I feel like you can question, well, if, if you totally. weren't sure how he was going to do after one game, why would you want to uh, – make roster moves yeah. instead of you could have felt it out because we already talked about earlier in the show, how guys like Derek Fisher guys like Josh Lindblom, they were all making their minor league rehab assignments yesterday yeah. Yeah. at the minor league level. Now it was at triple a, but because if, if Yelich really was healthy or you only wanted to really try him out one game, why not keep him at the low a level where he's just a short drive away from yeah, Milwaukee? I mean, there's a lot strange. of questions here, yeah. but the biggest question is, when is that back going to be healthy? Yeah, the biggest question is what's wrong with the back because the MRIs keep coming up negative. So I'm concerned. Let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Hey, boys. Kyle. Hey, Kyle. What's up, brother? Hey, yeah, that's the frustrating part, man. I, 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 don't, I can't figure this out for the life of me what the hell's going on with it. Well, the, 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 the concerning thing is neither can the doctors. That's yeah, that's that's tough, man. I mean, you would think that these guys got the, the best medicine. They got the best masseuse. I mean, yeah, you would they got think, everything. Uh, yoga, whatever it might take to get him back and healthy, and why why they would put him in the starting rotation, knowing that he's got this back issue. Why not just have him hit DH, you know, for a little while to it. try it out? And you know, here we are now. It's a giant setback again. Yeah, and then it's 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 concerning. It's you know, I can only deal with so much bad news like Aaron Rodgers, you know, wanting to force his way out of Green Bay. Now we throw in the fact that Yelich, they can't figure out what's wrong with his back, and he's back on the IL. That's that's two MVPs now, Kyle. That yep. I'm concerned about. Same thing that crossed my mind this morning, man. It's just that nut kick continuum just <laughs> continues to roll on. Let's bubble wrap Giannis for the playoffs then, okay, for the Bucks. Yeah, something. Keep keep an eye on him. Well, he's already got <laughs> bad knees. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. 
Yeah, last night's game too, man. That was a little frustrating, but you know they did rally to come back. And I don't know, Nottingham needs to go up there and not swing for the fences the whole time. Shorten up your swing, my friend, and uh, get a base hit. Right. Well, I mean, that's what baseballs turned into is just hit a home run or strike out. Yeah, no, it's it's not. Get base hits, put the ball in play, and get guys home. Well, that's also the the problem when you're playing with two Triple A catchers. You don't Absolutely. have those. You don't have your two major league uh, level guys, and the difference between AAA and and major league isn't a ton of difference. But I think we're seeing what the difference is. It's consistency. You consistently yep. get good defense from Pena. You consistently this season have gotten good hitting from Nervaez. And we saw Nottingham have a good game. What was that on Sunday and that yeah. debacle against the Dodgers? But he can't consistently do it well. That's why he's a Triple A catcher. Yeah, he's he's got a hell of a bat, but man, he he just swings for the fences yeah. all the time. What do you guys think? Do you think they're going to look at maybe bringing someone else in to maybe play first base yet this year? Oh I mean, my those God. those airs last night by Vogelbach were just like, come on, man. Yeah, you're, yeah. In the, you're in the majors. That looked like little. That's league the crap. most frustrating position, isn't it? First base for the Brewers. They gave two oh, yeah. of those errors to Lauer, but you could easily argue that what? one of them was on Vogelback for sure. Oh, I would have given them both to Vogelback. He wasn't ready. <laughs> I mean, that's a hell of a quick move to first base, so that, I got to give him that. Yeah, and he doesn't look like the quickest guy, you know. <laughs> no, he's certainly not, but he is the biggest. <laughs> uh, good stuff, Kyle. Uh, hopefully, we have some good news on Yelly, and I don't know what to tell you with Rogers, but I think uh, start preparing for the worst. All right. Yeah, good thoughts, man. Get that guy into into the masseuse and do some yoga and get that back healthy. Yeah, thanks, Kyle. Appreciate it, brother. Yeah. See Have, you, a good boy. Have a good one. See you, buddy. Well, I would say, to his point, when you're playing with AAA catchers, you're basically playing with a AAA first baseman between what Hira and Vogelback have been able to accomplish so far this season. Yeah. You've been relatively good up the middle. Colton Wong's come back on fire. And Urias, outside of a couple games where he's had some throwing errors, has been pretty solid in the field, and then at the same point, he's been getting on base. Now, I know he's got five errors, but those five errors were like in two games. What is this? And Travis Shaw has been playing, I believe, just above replacement level, so he's been a little bit better than average at third base, and he has been productive with the bat. You're really just looking at Uh your outfield right now because you got a bunch of money being spent in the outfield for Uh a lot of mediocre play. Uh Obviously, your superstar is not playing. You have Evisel Garcia who's making mental errors on the bases and not hitting the <laughs> Rowdy, ball. Rowdy, Rowdy, this is wild. New, new, new information on the Aaron Rodgers saga. A couple minutes ago, remember this morning when I said I had no news. Like, is no news good news or no news bad news? And in this situation, I think it's bad news. Right, so, great, great stuff on the Brewers right there, Rowdy. But I have to bring this up now. Uh, these text messages have come out from Aaron Rodgers apparently. Uh, originally reported, it looks like, from Bob McGinn. And then Tyler Dunn is now confirming them uh, that they are absolutely are true. So as first reported by Bob McGinn, I guess, the Aaron Rodgers and Brian Gutekunst Packers saga continues as apparently text messages confirm. Like, there isn't the actual screenshot, but Aaron Rodgers reportedly has been mocking Brian Gutekunst in group chats with teammates referring to him as Jerry Krause, the former Bulls GM who was loathed by Michael Jordan. Remember the last dance documentary? Jerry Krause, remember him, Rowdy? He was public enemy number one for Michael Jordan in, in that documentary? Yep. Where Krause was the guy that people couldn't believe he wanted to trade Michael Jordan, uh, chase him out of Chicago in the height of the Bulls championship runs? Well, right here, Tyler Don, Bob McGinn confirming it. Aaron Rodgers 
reportedly mocking Brian Gutekunst in group chats with teammates, referring to him as Jerry Krause, the former Bulls GM who was loathed by Michael Jordan. Damn. Wow. What do you think of that? Well, now that Brian Gutekunst has been pretty much ostracized by the best player on the Green Bay Packers. The franchise. the guy that they all say is the leader. Some leader, eh? And at the same time, if you're Brian Gutekunst, what do you do? Do you turn around and trade Jordan Love and say, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to draft him? No, there's no way. You look like such a pathetic little fool if you do that. Or do you trade Aaron Rodgers? I think you go down. Or you, do you play hardball and tell him, well, quit then. You either you either sail to the promised land or you go down to the bottom of the ocean on the SS Love if you're Brian Gutekunst because you're captain of SS Jordan Love. You either ride that to paradise or you're like the Titanic and you sink. Wow. I want, I'd love to see these text messages. But apparently the, Tyler Dunn and Bob McGinn both confirming it. Now I wonder who leaked them. Uh, you'd think it would have to be a teammate, right? Because it says Gutekunst, Rogers reportedly mocked Gutekunst in group chats with teammates. But, I, no, but the reason why I'm wondering who would have leaked them is because now you would know that they're at least – Potentially is some guys. If you okay, do you think you the were, whole? Do you think the locker room is either all Brian Gutekunst or all Aaron Rodgers? Or do you think it's split? I think it's now split. I because think it's split too. If if you were good buddies with Aaron Rodgers and you're like, yeah, Brian Gutekunst, whatever, he sucks. <laughs> would you really leak? Would you really leak the text messages? Because no, it would you be just like, keep making fun of them. It'd be like your buddies in a text message. Yeah, you'd be like, oh, oh, hey. It'd be like, you know, you have your circle of friends and there's the guy that's outside the circle. Maybe some are friends with them, but the other guys can't stand them. So you're kind of making fun of them. And then one of you guys in your circle that is friends with the other guys like, hey, check this out. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So that definitely tells me that there's a riff or else it wouldn't have been leaked. There's a riff. The locker room. Oh, wow. This is wild. Let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Morning, guys. (laughs) Hey, Bill. What's up, brother? You know what I do? Tell me. I trade Aaron Rodgers on June first. I don't care about. I don't. I don't need to make him squirm. I, I get rid of him. I get him out of there so quick on June first. Well, it's a fractured locker room now. I don't. I just. I. I. I go get. I get my three or four first round picks, which realistically are going to be almost second round picks. Mm-hmm. And then in January of 2022, I'm the CEO of the Packers. I get rid of Mark Murphy. I yes. get rid of Brian Gutekinds, and I get rid of Matt Lafleur. This you just, just complete, just clean complete, house. just just you drop the a bomb on it. I think I I think vaporize you know it, guys. In today's world, you don't treat people like what happened to Aaron Rodgers last year. This is in 1960, <laughs> and you don't you you know whether you like it or not. You you at least give him a heads up. Hey, this is what we're doing. He deserves that respect, <sighs> but you cannot keep him around anymore. And you cannot keep Brian Gutekunst around for doing that. And you, you know what? Matt Lafleur is the one that wanted Jordan Love. He was his quarterback last year. God, this is insane. And, you know and what Mark else? Murphy Fred let it up. all happen. Well, Mark Murphy, Mark Murphy needs to look at himself in the mirror. Long, hard look. Look at him. Said, "You're fired." Right to himself. And Brenda, don't get mad at me. I don't mean this against you, but Aaron Rodgers is a girl. <laughs> Brenda. <laughs> We love, I still love you, Brenda. There's nothing to do against you. Uh, thanks, Bill. Appreciate it, brother. I'll, I'll pass the message along to Brenda if she wasn't listening, okay? 